Well, Merry Christmas to everybody who's here. Right. And Merry Christmas to everybody who's not. Okay. And a lot of people are on trips and doing things with uh, relatives, and so we're glad that you've been able to take the time to celebrate Christmas with us uh, this morning. The true meaning of Christmas was revealed to a peasant girl named Mary by an angel 2,000 years ago. The angel told her, Behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. There were lots of uh, married peasant girls at that time. Uh, some were even having sons that they named Jesus. But what was so special about the angelic message? What was so special is that Mary wasn't yet married. She was a virgin. And so she asked the angel about it. <clears throat> uh, she was a smart girl. And she said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. <clears throat> Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And so now Mary begins to understand, and we can understand what was so special uh, for the first and only time in history, a virgin would conceive uh, without a man involved and bear a son. And so the angel explained to her how that miraculous birth was going to happen. The Holy Spirit, God himself, would come upon Mary and make it possible for her to conceive. And so the result of that would be that the child that would be born would be fully human from Mary and fully divine from the Holy Spirit, would have both natures. And the angel told Mary that the child Jesus would be holy and sinless. He would be the son of God. He would be God in human flesh. And so that's what Christmas is all about. Not just the birth of another baby like, you know, billions have been born in this world. It was the birth of God himself in human flesh. And of course, that baby was born with a purpose. And we're going to be talking about that today as, as well. Now, often in the Christmas season, if you're like me, it's easy to get wrapped up in all the all the busyness and all the trappings of the Christmas holiday and not really take time to reflect on the true meaning of Christmas. And so today, that's what we want to do. We want to take some time this morning to reflect on the true meaning of Christmas and its implications for our lives today. So to help us uh, focus a little bit, I found a little video called This is Christmas, Like Us to Watch. It's Christmas time again. The snow is falling. Well, in some places, with noses glowing like a certain reindeer, it's time to whip out the winter britches and forage for the family Christmas tree. It's time for snowmen and snow angels and a tumble down the white powdered slope. It's Christmas with distractions all around. Between shopping, wrapping, eating, and traveling, we end up wrapped up in our own holiday avalanche, trying to get out alive. Stop. Think. What is the real miracle of Christmas? It is God's only Son, the Savior, our Redeemer, the miracle of the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, the Word in flesh, dwelling among us. Kneel before the King of Kings and know the wonder of his love. Because this is more than a holiday. This is Christmas. 
But we even got some snow this morning, so I was worried about playing that with no snow, but we got some snow. So uh, this morning, in the time we have remaining in our service, let's not think about any gifts that are not yet wrapped, which I, I have a few. Uh, not any cards not yet made out, not any cookies not yet baked. Let's, let's make a decision to focus our minds and hearts on the true meaning of Christmas and how it impacts our lives. And so today we're going to talk about, I've entitled the message, Welcome Jesus the King. I want to welcome him into our hearts, into our homes, into our families this Christmas. And we're going to take a little different take on a, on a well-known Christmas story. But our first point is that Jesus came to interrupt our lives. Uh, our story begins in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And so let's begin to think about this story by putting ourselves in Joseph's shoes. Uh, Joseph was in love with a nice little Jewish girl named Mary, and she'd been betrothed to to Joseph. And a betrothal means that Mary was legally pledged to be married to Joseph in the future. It, it's similar to our engagements, but it was more legally binding. And it, there was payment actually from the husband of the a bride. And, and so it typically lasted a year. And the only way to break a betrothal, not by giving a ring back, was simply was by divorcing uh, the person you were betrothed to. And so during this betrothal period, Mary was found to be pregnant. Now, when Joseph heard about it, he knew that he had nothing to do with it. And so the only conclusion he could draw was that Mary had been unfaithful to him with, with another man. Now, we know from verse 18, the Bible tells us that Mary was pregnant, not by another man, but by the Holy Spirit. But Joseph did not know that, and he would not have dreamed that it could have happened. And so Joseph felt that his only option was to divorce Mary for her unfaithfulness to him during this betrothal period. Now, Joseph had two options to divorce Mary. The first option was a, a public divorce. And the public divorce is a, a situation where Mary would be brought before a public tribunal and the evidence would be laid out. And all they had to do probably is look at her. And the evidence was there. And she would be shamed before everyone in the town. The other option for divorce at that time was a private divorce where two or three witnesses would appear and in a private uh, meeting and the divorce would take place. And so Joseph's entire life, his plans for the future had been interrupted by this pregnancy of, of Mary. It was the last thing that he had expected from her. He couldn't believe it was happening. His dreams, his plans for a family, for their marriage, had suddenly been shattered. And the love that he had for Mary and that he thought that she had for him had been irretrievably broken, or so it seemed. Mary, his, his pledged future wife, seemed to have been unfaithful. In Joseph's mind, that's what had happened. And yet, 
Joseph still had a tender spot in his heart for Mary. He didn't want to require her to go through this public humiliation of a, a public divorce. And so he was considering planning to go through a private divorce. But I'm sure his heart was completely broken over this completely unexpected turn of events. And so Jesus had interrupted Joseph's life and all his plans and dreams. And I would say to us today that Jesus came to this earth to interrupt people's lives. He came to break into your plans. He came in to break into your dreams for your life and your future and replace your dreams and plans with his own. Jesus did not come to this earth to be our magic genie. And we just pray to him and he gives us everything that we've always wanted and always dreamed about. Jesus came to take complete control of every person's life. He came to take control of the lives of people who choose to follow him. And so Jesus has a purpose in interrupting people's lives. His, his purpose is to change us from going our own way to people who go his way. And so I believe there are people here today whose lives are being interrupted by Jesus. He interrupts all our lives in different ways from time to time. And you may think that everything is going wrong in your life. That's what Joseph felt. But yet, Jesus is working in your life for his purposes to bring about ultimately things that will benefit and be for your good as well. For Jesus has a plan for each of our lives. Verse 20 in our story, it says, but as he, that's Joseph, considered these things, he's considering how to divorce Mary, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, we know from other scripture that an angel had already appeared to, be, to Mary and had explained to her what was happening. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us this, but I think it's reasonable to assume that Mary told Joseph about her angelic encounter. And it probably went something like this, Joseph, you know, I'm pregnant, but it's not through another man. You see, an angel appeared to me. He said it was through the Holy Spirit. And, angel, and Joseph just shook his head. You know, and I know, Mary, how this works. Why would you lie to me? You know, why would you make up this excuse for your unfaithfulness? And he felt, as he considered, I'm going to have to go through with this divorce. But one night, before he actually put it all together, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And as you look through the little that's in the Bible about Joseph, angels appear to him regularly in dreams. That's how God communicated with Joseph. And this angel told him, don't fear, Joseph. Go ahead with your plans to marry Mary. Don't be afraid, you know, that she's been unfaithful and that she's not going to be faithful to you. Go ahead and marry her because this pregnancy is not from another man. Mary is still a virgin. This pregnancy is from the Holy Spirit. And the angel told Joseph that he was to name the child Jesus. And so not only would Jesus' birth be miraculous, but 
this child who would be born, Jesus would be a savior, the one who would save his people from their sins. And it may have begun to dawn on Joseph that this baby would be the Messiah. And so now Joseph began to understand why God had interrupted his life, why Jesus had interrupted his life. He was beginning to understand that God had a plan for his marriage, that God had a plan for Mary's son. And what appeared to be a disaster, this unanticipated pregnancy would become an incredible blessing, both for Mary, for himself, and really for all people. And so this angel revealed to Joseph Jesus planned for his life, and he gave him several commands. He was not to divorce Mary. He was to take her as his wife and go ahead with the wedding plans. Now, let's just think for a minute what that implied. How would this appear to others in their town? Mary is pregnant. Joseph is the one betrothed to her, and they're not yet married it would appear that Joseph had got Mary pregnant before the marriage. And this would have been, uh, he would be publicly shamed in his hometown for not patiently waiting during the betrothal period. And so Jesus' plan would not be easy. If he had divorced Mary, he would be off the hook, told everybody it was somebody else. But now he would have to bear the public shame. And Joseph was to name the child Jesus. And though Joseph didn't understand it all, probably at this point, uh, he would ultimately understand that Jesus would be the Savior. And so Jesus interrupts our plans as well, to re interrupts our lives as well, to reveal his plans to us. Jesus created each one of us with a, a plan and purpose for our lives. And his plan is, is often quite different than the plans that we have for our own lives. Jesus' plan for our lives will not happen automatically. That's not something that's predestined and just works itself out like clockwork. We must cooperate with him in order for that plan to be fulfilled. Just as Joseph had to cooperate and follow the angel's instructions in order for the plan for his life to be worked out. Following Jesus' plan is never easy. There's always going to be hindrances, difficulties, but in the long run, God's plan for our lives are the, is the perfect plans. God's plan for your life is the perfect plan for you. It's a plan that's perfectly in keeping with the way he created you and the time and the place in which he's placed you. God wants us to make a decision this Christmas to cooperate with his plan for our lives. Now, Jesus' plan for us will always agree with the word of God. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, these words, the angel is no longer speaking. These are not the angel's words. You see in your verse, it's not in quotes in your Bible. Matthew is telling us that Jesus' plan for Mary and Joseph was prophesied by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 7.14, it says that a virgin will conceive and bear a son, obviously a, physically, a physical impossibility. 
And so the conception of this child was to be miraculous and supernatural. And the prophet said the name of this child would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so not only would the child be miraculously conceived, his name would mean that he would be God in his flesh, that he would be God with his people. And so we see that God's plan for Joseph and Mary agreed with God's word. In this case, this was an Old Testament prophecy from hundreds of years ago, of hundreds of years before this time. And this is one of hundreds of Old Testament prophecies that foretold the events and ministry of Jesus' life. Now, we don't know if Joseph was familiar with this scripture at, at this very time or not, but we know that the angel's revelation to Joseph was in keeping with God's word. Now, today, many people are confused about God's plan for their lives. Some people think that God is hiding his plan for their lives or that he doesn't want to tell me his plan. I just don't know what to do. Now, the truth is, since God has a plan for your life, he wants you to know what his plan is. Just as he wanted Joseph to know. He wants to tell you what his plan for your life is. Now, he's not going to tell you the complete plan all at once. Maybe he might to some people, but hardly ever the case. Uh, he reveals it to you one step at a time. He tells you what the next step in his plan for you is. In this case, for Joseph, it was to marry his, his fiancée and to give a name to him. And we see as we go on in the story, God revealed further steps in the plan as time went on. God is always going to tell you enough to help you to take the next step in his plan for your life if you seek him. God is not hiding his plan for your life. Other people sometimes confuse their own plans for their lives with, with God's plan. And substituting your plan for your life for God's plan is, is never going to work out. God's plans are always in agreement with God's word. Now, the specifics of the plan may not be detailed in the Bible, but the general principles of that plan are going to be there. And so God's plans for our lives, God's plan for my life, for your life, that plan, in one sense, is not all about us. It's, it's really all about him. It's how we can serve him. It's how we can build his kingdom. And that's what we are created to do. God's plan for our life is, is not about our fame. It's not about our fortune. It's not about our benefit primarily. God's plan for our lives is about his kingdom. It's about his glory. It's about his fame. It's how, how we can be involved in that. And so as we head into the new year, we'll talk more about this next Sunday, be sure to submit your plans for the new year to God and allow him to adjust and correct those plans to be his plans. It's all about choosing to welcome Jesus as our king. Verse 24, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He knew her not, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph went to bed one night, fully intending on 
going through with his divorce with Mary. The angel spoke to him in a dream, and when he woke up, his plans had completely changed. He laid aside the plan to divorce Mary, and he chose to follow God's plans that the angel had told him about, to take her as his wife, and that's what he did. He did exactly as the angel commanded. He did not have marital relations with Mary before the birth of Jesus. The Bible makes clear that Jesus was born of a virgin. We don't know a whole lot about Joseph from the scripture. There are some other things we know as in the early years of Jesus' life as he followed God uh, and followed angelic messages that were given to him in dreams. But we do know in every instance Joseph was obedient to God's plan. He was obedient to God's instructions for his life and for his marriage. Now of course Joseph was not Jesus' father. Uh, Mary was his human mother. His father was, in essence, God, the Holy Spirit. And yet, God had chosen Joseph to raise Jesus, which was a, a rare privilege. And I believe we'll get to talk to Joseph in heaven and find out what kind of a toddler Jesus was. So, uh, Joseph had allowed Jesus to upend his plans, to interrupt his life. And yet he had embraced God's plan for his life and had obeyed every command that God had given him about raising Jesus. Now, the title of our message series is Jesus the King. And when we acknowledge Jesus as our king, it means that we commit our lives to following his plan and his commands that he gives to us. Joseph willingly submitted to God's plan for his life, even though, as we think about it, it was not an easy road. And so today, as we said before, some of you may not know what Jesus' plan for your life is. You're searching for it. You've been following your own plans. You haven't been consulting with God at all. Now, the Bible says that when we follow our own plans for our lives and not God's plan, that's really the essence of what sin is. The essence of sin is, is running your own life your way rather than God's way. And so in a few minutes, we're going to pray. We're going to give an opportunity to turn your life over to follow God's plan if you haven't yet done that. In essence, you'll be welcoming Jesus as your king or Lord this Christmas season. There may be others here today who, who know what God's plan for your life is, but you're fighting it. Uh, you know what God wants to do, but yet you're having trouble submitting to that plan. It's not what you want to do. You're having trouble obeying the king. And God wants you today to choose to welcome the king and his command into your life, into every area of your life. And finally, there are some here today who, who really desire to follow Jesus' plan, but, but you're not sure what it is. Perhaps you have a decision coming up, and you don't know what God wants you to do. You need to hear clearly from God what your next step is. And we're going to pray about that in a minute. And so God wants each person here uh, this Christmas season to have welcomed Jesus into their lives as king, and that means submitting to his plan for your life. Now, in order to become part of God's kingdom under King Jesus, you must follow these three simple steps. 
First of all, you need to admit that you've sinned. And what that means is simply you've been following your plans for your life. That's what everybody does. They follow their plans for their life until they meet Jesus. You need to admit that that's wrong. Secondly, you need to believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins, to forgive you for following your plans for your life rather than God's plan. He rose from the dead. He's alive today. And finally, you commit your lives to following Jesus as your Lord, to following Jesus as your king, to doing what he tells you to do. And so I'd like to ask everyone to bow their heads now, and we're going to pray. If you never submitted your life to King Jesus, if you never submitted the plans of your life to him, I'd encourage you to do that this morning. That, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. So if you'd like to do that for the first time or to recommit your life to Jesus in that way this Christmas, I'd encourage you to pray along with me and say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've been living my life my way, not your way. And this morning I recognize that. I admit that that's sin. I believe that Jesus came to Forgive my sin. And I ask you to forgive me now. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you and your plan for my life. As my Lord, as my King from this day forward. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, thank you for this supernatural birth of the Son of God, of Jesus, to this peasant girl Mary some 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you chose to become a man, that you chose to become Emmanuel, God with us. And today, I acknowledge that Jesus is King. He's King of everything, and He's King of my life. And I submit my plans, I submit my dreams, I submit my visions for my life to you, King Jesus. Forgive me for the times I've rebelled against your plans, where I've thought my way is better than yours. Today I choose to align all of my plans, all of my dreams. I submit them to you. I believe that your plan for my life is the best plan that there could possibly be. And I choose to obey and follow your instructions. And God, for the parts of the plan that I don't understand right now, I ask for your wisdom, I ask for your guidance, that you would show me what to do. And what you show me, I will do. I don't want to go my way in the new year. I don't want to have a whole list of resolutions that I've come up with. I want to go your way. I welcome you this Christmas and submit to you, Jesus, as my king. In his name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.